This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, I don't know if y'all heard, but we got a new building. Did y'all hear that? I don't know if you heard about that. I cannot wait. I uh, cannot wait for you to see that building. Um, I don't know if you know this, but making hot tea, there's a science to it. And uh, a few years ago, in fact, the church that I pastored before, this was many years ago, actually, probably 2003, 2004, one Sunday morning, we had three Sunday morning services at that time. And uh, in between the services, I realized my throat was killing me. And so I went into the workroom to make some hot tea, and all we had was a microwave for hot water. And so I got a mug, and, and, and I don't know a lot about this. I just knew I needed some hot tea for my throat. So I put the mug in there with water for five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, apparently you know more than I knew. And when that thing was done, I grabbed the mug out of the microwave, and I was in a hurry because the next service, and I just downed it. And that was in 2003 or 2004, somewhere in there. I started feeling my tongue again Tuesday. I mean, that, it, it fried the inside of my mouth. There is a science to how you make hot tea. Hey, this morning, I want to share something with you as it relates to what God is doing in the life of C3. But I want you to understand something. The passion of my life, the pursuit of my life is not a building. It's you. And it's the people you know and the people that live around you and work with you and the other families on your kids' ball team. It's, it's the opportunity we have right here in Central Florida. The passion of my life is to make Central Florida the hardest place to go to hell from. The passion of my life is to make Central Florida the hardest place to live in hell. And to do that, what we're going to talk about today is incredibly important. More so for you, for me, than for our church. It impacts our church in a significant way. But what we're going to talk about this morning has the possibility for everyone in this room that will say yes to what we're talking about, to radically grow your faith, to radically impact your life and your relationships, as much if not more than anything we've ever talked about. I want to invite you to stand with me as we read God's word this morning. We, we stand in honor of the word of God. If you're new to C3, maybe you're a guest today, maybe you're not a Christ follower uh, you might even say, hey, man, I, I, I don't know that I believe the Bible's the word of God. I want you to know you're welcome here. But it's no surprise to you that I and we at C3, we believe the Bible is the word of God. We believe it is the living, active breath of God and has the ability to change our lives. And so everything we do in the life of C3, everything we do as individuals when it comes to our faith, the word of God is foundational to that. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and Sometimes we can get so familiar with a particular translation that because we're so familiar, it actually means less. 
If you grew up in church, there are verses we've heard and words we've heard that we know and we just sort of mentally and emotionally and even spiritually roll through the phrases without actually considering the power behind the words and what God is speaking. So this morning, Romans chapter 12, the first two verses we're going to look at, I'm going to use the message paraphrase. Normally, when I teach on Sundays, I use the New International Version, and the New International Version is a translation. It is a a phrase-by-phrase translation of the original languages, Hebrew, Old Testament, Greek, New Testament, phrase-by-phrase. The New American Standard, for example, is not a translation. It is a transliteration. It it means it's literally a word-for-word, not phrase-by-phrase. And then the message and the Living Bible, those are paraphrases, And so they're they're great for reading, but you really need to make sure they're accurate to the language because they are simply paraphrases. But this passage, the accuracy is there. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Father, I pray you'd take these words and through your spirit, you would speak to each of us right where we are. You would transform us this day through your power from the inside out. I pray for those that are Christ followers that you would draw us closer to you. I pray for those that may not know you that today they would meet you. Have your way in this time because, God, we desperately need you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Last Sunday, we looked at a passage as I shared this announcement with you about C3 having a campus. We looked at a passage that uh, we looked at six years ago, almost six years ago. Genesis chapter 1, verse 12, when I initially shared with you the vision of of what we thought God was doing in the life of C3 and that we needed to begin to prepare. And I love verse 12 of Genesis chapter 1. It should be Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. But it says, the Lord had said to Abram, before he became Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. God said to Abram, you go, you begin the journey. You you take a step of faith, and as you're going, I will show you where you need to go. It's interesting, that's how faith works, not just in the Old Testament, but that's how faith works in your life and mine. It's it's like your GPS in your car. How many of you use GPS for directions? I use that for everything. In fact, my family makes fun of me because I could have been somewhere 12 times. I'm using GPS again. I'm just going to do it because I'm hoping it's going to reroute if there's bad traffic. At the same time, my brain is, listen, it it doesn't hold a lot. It's not super big, and so I don't need to put other information in it if something can do something for me. But the thing about my GPS that I've noticed, it tells me one turn at a time. Faith in our lives is something where God often shows us one step at a time, and he won't show me that step until I've taken this step. 
The faith journey is one step at a time of trusting God, saying yes to God. And so he says to Abram, just go, just start moving. I'm going to show you the place, just begin going. And six years ago, we began a journey of praying, of preparing, of giving over and above to be ready so that when the opportunity came, we could step through that door and through your faithful generosity and through your prayers and your inviting and your serving and who you are as a church, God has blessed that and now we know where we're going for the next season. And it's incredible. I can't wait for you to see it. In fact, next Sunday, next Sunday evening, if you volunteer, if you serve in the life of C3, uh, you're being invited to a, a preview walkthrough if you volunteer. And so if you're here and you're a part of C3 and you think, well, man, I didn't get that. Well, you need to get in the game, Bubba. You need to start volunteering. So at the end of the service, Alexis will be up here and you might say, man, I, I want to serve. What a great opportunity. Man, I want to be a part of what God's doing. I don't want to sit on the bench. I want to be in the game and I want to see next Sunday night and get to walk through the building. Now, listen, listen, don't sign up to do that and see the building and then not volunteer. You'll probably go to hell if you do that. Not really, not really, that's not what sends you to hell. You might get really bad diarrhea, but, but you, you, I, I, you're not going to go to hell. But for real, man, one of the things I'm asking God to do is to raise up. It, 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 God has given us a great opportunity. And when he gives us that, he requires much. God has blessed us. God just said, here's a facility. It's built out. It's for you. All the equipment fully furnished. Here you go. God has been very, very, very good to us and has blessed us. And if you're a follower of Jesus and a part of C3, hey, if you're not serving, you're swerving. You need to get in the game. You need to get in the game for you and for the opportunity we have in front of us. But following Jesus, faith is a journey where as you go, God says, I want you to trust me. Take the next step. And then he shows us the next, and we trust him. And then he shows us the next, and we trust him. And God says, here's what I'm going to do for you. And if you read the rest of the verses in chapter 12, he says, I'm going to bless you. And then I expect you to be a blessing to others. I'm I'm going to do something special in your life. And I, I think God loves doing something special in our lives because we're his kids. But we're not his only kids. And I think God loves doing something special in us that we can enjoy But I think God always has a purpose and a plan to not only work in us, but through us. And frankly, in the church, there's a whole lot of spiritual obesity where God's done things in people. And there's a whole lot of laziness spiritually where we don't do jack for other people. It's why a lot of people have a pushback to church. Because too many religious people are busy building empires rather than building lives. If we say we have been changed by God, I've actually had a transformation. I've encountered God who invites me to call him father and he lives inside me. That should change us. It should change how we think, how we view people, how we see opportunities. And 60 minutes of our week volunteering and serving and investing in others gives us 10,020 minutes in the rest of the week. I think we're going to be all right. Bringing the first 10% to God and living on 90%, the tithe, what scripture teaches, I think we're going to be all right. You, you, do, you do understand God could have said, bring me 90% and live on 10. You do understand that. But he says, hey, I want you to be faithful in this. How many of you like Skittles? Anybody like Skittles? Any Skittles? Somebody? Who, who likes Skittles? Wait, you're going to make me walk all the way over here into the darkness. That's okay. I'll come back to the light. I promise. Here you go. You get Skittles. Who else like? Okay. 
Okay, y'all can fight over it. <laughs> Remember, it's nice to share in church. It's coming to you, but I'm going to talk about it for a second. Years ago, years ago, and, and, and if you've been to C3 a long time, I've shared this story, but a lot of you are new and you've never heard it. Years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was at a football game across town, and a couple of the kids were with me, and, and during the football game, Nate looked at me and said, hey, can I, can I have some money to go to the concession stand to get something? I said, sure. So Nate goes to the concession stand and gets something, I don't remember exactly, but something like Skittles. And he comes back and he sits in front of me and he opens the bag and, and, and like the sweet aroma. And so I looked at him and I was like, hey, bud, give me a couple of Skittles. You know what he did? No. <laughs> Hey, no, 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 my man, look me in the face. Give me a couple Skittles. And Nate says, no, these are mine. Now, there are two things that he failed to understand at that young age that he fully understands today. Two things. The first one was, at that point, I was way bigger. I mean, it, I, I could have taken those things right from him. It would have taken almost no energy at all. The second thing he didn't understand I had enough coin on me that day. I could have rained down Skittle heaven all over him. I could have bought him all kinds of bags of Skittles, but he was short-sighted, saw what he had in his hand, and he thought it was his. So often we look at God and God says, hey, give me some Skittles. These are mine. I'm a self-made person. I've invested the time. I went to school. I got the education. I got the training. What are you talking about, God? Talk to somebody else. These are mine. Who do you think gave you the financial ability but also the mental acumen and the intelligence to be able to do what you do? Who do you think puts oxygen in your lungs every single day? And when we do that, we fail to understand. If God wants to, he can take it. And sometimes he does. We also fail to understand God is so big, a yes to him, God has the ability to rain down Skittles all over your life. But we have this limited understanding. Who, who did I promise you? Here you go. Here you go. Now, y'all try not to eat them in church because they make a lot of noise. So enjoy them afterwards. Plus, I'll smell them from up here. So just, just enjoy them afterwards. Have fun with that. But this morning, what, what I want to do, and it's a little bit of a sensitive area like Nate had when he was little. I'm coming for something that many of you have been telling God, no. Because you need to understand, you, you need to understand that there is, there is a science. There is a science to making tea. I mean, there's a way this is supposed to be done. And if you don't do it according to how it's supposed to be done, you're going to miss what you could have had. As we prepare to move into our new home, we're moving into a new chapter in the life of C3. God is expanding our opportunity. Over half a million people within 15 minutes of that location, every single one of them deeply loved by God, just as much as he loves you or me or anybody else in this room. And when they pray, he hears it. And when they struggle, he sees it. When they hope, he knows it. When they're devastated and hurting, he is moved with compassion and he acts. When they pray, he does hear it. 
And I believe for 540,000 people, you and I get to be a part of God's answer to those prayers with an incredible opportunity. It's been almost 14 years that we have been portable. But I think it's important to understand that this, this move, God is blessing us, but this move is not just for us. Yes, we have a building and we have a home, but you understand a, a building is not the goal, a building is a tool. It's an opportunity for God to use that space to do something that's significant in people's lives. But let us not worship the gift. Let us make sure we worship the giver and understand that it is God who is going to do that. It's bigger than a building. This move is for 540,000 and more people. 540,000 where mental health is more of a struggle than any time in our lifetimes. 540,000 where more people feel hopeless than at any time in our lifetimes. 540,000 people where many of them are facing levels of depression and anxiety, especially among children that has soared higher than any time in our lifetimes. 540,000 people, many of whom have businesses that have been decimated and fear has been elevated and relationships all around us are being obliterated in a divisive and hateful culture. God sees all of that. And God has chosen to respond by sending us to impact at least 540,000 people. And you might think, you might think, us? I mean, we're, right now, post-COVID, we're, we're, we're just a few hundred, us? You do remember that Jesus used 11 to turn the world upside down. You do remember that it was just 11 that spread the message and went all in. And because of that, we know about it today. You do understand that God is so big, he can take a few and create a movement that changes lives forever. God sees and we are the answer to many prayers for many people. There are people that have been praying all over this nation for loved ones that live within 15 minutes of that location. Somebody got a phone call this week from a son probably who said, hey, mom, and mom's in some other state. She told me she doesn't love anymore, me anymore, and she moved out this week, and that mom is praying. Somebody's struggling with a child who's trying to wrestle with getting an education and what school looks like now, and so much fear has been crammed into our kids, and we're teaching people to live more by fear than by faith. And in the midst of all of that, there are family members around the nation praying for children that live within 15 minutes of that location, and God has chosen us to be an answer to people's prayers to help thousands and thousands of people. You need to understand the vision that God has for us is a whole lot bigger than what you and I can accomplish. This isn't just let's go be a nice church in a nice building and isn't God good. No, 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 no. If that's any part of your thinking, if you've ever thought, I, I think we're big enough, you're going to be miserable. Because until every single person within 15 minutes of us and beyond knows Jesus, we're not done. We're going after every single person that doesn't have a relationship with God. We have a strategy already to grow to seven services in that location. One of the things I'm asking God, wear me out. I don't want to take my last breath without all of my life being used up for God to use to reach people in every way possible. And it blows me away in every moment that God would use somebody that is broken and messed up like me. But God uses broken people. It's the people who don't think they're broken that God has no ability to use. So if you feel like, man... It's just me. Hey, 
It's just you, but with God, it's everything. It's more than enough. And God will do something very special with it's just broken me, as long as you're willing to say yes to who he is. But, 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 but there, there is a science. There is a science to making tea. There's a way, a way that it has to be done if you want to get all of the flavor and if you want to experience everything that is available. The need is great and God has chosen us, selected us to meet the need. And we've been a strong church. We've seen God do some miraculous things. And please understand if you're new to C3, you've heard about C3, you're here today maybe, please understand, I have not changed one person's life. What has happened in the life of C3, it takes the spirit of God to change lives. It is the Spirit of God that has written the story. It is the Spirit of God using you, those of you who serve and give and pray and invite. But apart from God, we cannot do anything. It is God who is using us to impact people. But you have said yes, and you have been strong. We've been a strong church, and now we're going to have to become stronger. Having our own campus means we can do more for more. We can share more with more. And for that to happen, it's going to take all of us. So today, we're beginning a faith journey that I've called, I will so we can. And I'm specifically asking those of you that are a part of C3, if you're a guest this morning, this does not apply to you. But if you consider C3 your church, those of you that are part of C3, I'm asking you to begin a journey of faith, to begin praying today, God, What would you have me and my family give over and above to I will so we can for the next 12 months? Now, you might be here thinking, hold on. That that was a beautiful video, and the buildings look awesome, and I love the picture, and let's talk about fun stuff. We're going to talk about money? You understand that God has provided a huge opportunity But there is an expectation on our part. You understand that it takes resources to reach people. You understand that where we're going and what you just saw, let me help you. We rent this for a few hours, but that we're paying for every single day, plus utilities, insurance, maintenance. You you understand that on top of that, the goal is not to fund a building. The goal is to fund life change. So you understand on top of that, we want to be stronger so we can help more people, so we can resource what God wants to do. We're going from a reach in 15 minutes of 140,000 people to 540,000 people. That does not happen for free 99. And God has called us and God has equipped us And all I'm asking you to do is pray. I'm asking you to go on a faith journey of saying, God, what's my part? What do you want me to do? How much do you want me to give over and above for the next 12 months so we can be stronger and do more to help more? Halloween is a few days away, a couple weeks into this month. And I don't go trick-or-treating. We had kids for that. But when they come home, they bring their candy. And parents, have you ever looked at your kids' candy and said, hey, can I have a piece? Can I have one piece? And do you have, I'm not going to name names, but Angie and I have four kids. And, and, and some of them, some of them would actually look through their candy to find what they don't like. And say, yeah, you can have this. But how often in life does God say, hey, can I have a little bit of your time? Can I have a little bit of your influence? 
Can I have a little bit of your resources? And we look through and figure out how little we can give God or something we don't really care about that we can give God. And we feel proud of ourselves for doing so because we look for a way to do as little as possible. But there's a science to making tea. There's a way that you have to do it to be able to get what you hope to have if you're making tea. It doesn't just happen accidentally. And parents, how do you feel? How do you feel about that kid that looks through their Halloween candy and finds what they love the most? And because they love it so much, they think you will too. And so they hand it to you and they say, hey, this is the one I love. I think you're going to love it too. How do you feel about a child with that kind of heart for you? We're excited about the building, but we've got to talk about resources. Now, if you're a guest, there are a couple things I want you to understand. In the life of C3, just who we are, how we function, we are not afraid to talk about any subject at all that Scripture addresses. And remember, Scripture is our foundation and our authority. Jesus, in fact, talked more about money and how we manage it than communion, baptism, and prayer combined. Because God knows that you and I deal with financial stress. We deal with stuff. We, we deal with this issue of money on a regular basis. We deal with it daily. God knows that. And so we're going to deal with things that Jesus dealt with. We're going to talk about what Jesus talks about because finances and money have so many people completely messed up because they think it's their Skittles and they're trying to own something God intends them just to manage. You do understand when you die, there are no Skittles going with you. So what do we hope God does as we move into a new campus? I want to let you know what I'm praying for our church, part of what I'm praying for our church, but also what I'm praying for you and for me. For our church, I'm asking God to use us to create a move of God that shocks our city with the love of God. Far too long as Christ followers, we've told people who are in crisis, I'm praying for you. Man, I hope it gets better. You're on my mind. You're in my thoughts. What if we begin to ask God for opportunities to not just pray for people, but to be the answer to those prayers? What if we moved in a way where we love people at a level that we don't toss out a phrase, I'm praying for you, but in I'm praying for you, we ask God, how can we be an answer to this prayer? What can we do about this need? How can we love people on a level that's more than a phrase that we toss out? I want to be a part of something that's more than phrases. A kind of movement that is so loving and so helpful that people are drawn to it because there's something unique about the way those people love. Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets Hang on, these two commandments. But how, how do you do that? How, how do you specifically love God? You can't wake up in the morning and give God a hug. You can't high-five God. Like, how do you love God? Well, I can tell you this. If, if, if you love one of my kids, I feel like you love me. If you don't like one of my kids... We got a problem. 
one of the most tangible ways that you and I can show our love for the Father is loving his other kids. One of the most tangible, tangible ways that you and I can show that we love God is not viewing every opportunity only for what we can get out of it, but looking at how God can use it to help people that are hurting because every single person you and I lock eyes with is deeply loved by God. So one of the ways that we love God is to love other people, but there's, there's a science to making tea. And part of what I believe God wants to communicate to you this morning and to me this morning is the only way The only way we're going to experience the flavor of God's love, the only way that we're ever going to know the presence of God's peace, the only way that we're going to be able to feel and walk through and share with others the taste of God's mercy and grace is to immerse ourselves in what he asks us to do occasionally dipping in and saying yes to God, occasionally showing up and saying, okay, God, occasionally saying, man, I want the blessings of God, occasionally dipping in, leaves you with something that nobody's attracted to. It leaves you something nobody, oh, that's still hot, something that nobody wants to taste. This is full of flavor. This is anemic. And if you want to experience the flavor and the taste and the mercy and the grace of God, if you want to know the color of God in your life, if you want to experience in this one life, we only get one shot, everything God has for you, you have got to stop dipping in and occasionally obeying and saying, okay, maybe, maybe not. You've got to immerse yourself in what God is asking you to do. And life is way too short for you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. So over the next four weeks, I'm asking you to join me and Angie and the rest of our church family to pray about what your family will give, how your family will be a part, how you as an individual will give over and above. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I legitimately, genuinely, there's a reason it's not today and it's over four weeks. I'm asking you to seek God. I'm not asking you to logically calculate a commitment. I'm asking you to go on a spiritual journey like many of you have never experienced. A journey where you say, God, you've blessed me with so much. What do you want me to do? How much do you want me to give? Over and above what I normally give to I will so we can. I will be a part of this so we can impact 540,000 people. I will be a part of this so we can experience God doing something special. I will be a part of this so we can experience something beyond just a normal life, normal marriage, normal kids, normal finances, normal relationships. I I, I want to be a part of something where God does something unique and special. So God, what do you want to do through me? What do you want me to give? And have you ever lived the kind of faith where God does more through you than you could ever do on your own? Where you come to a place of surrender Because understand, the doors that God has opened in the story, if you weren't here last week, you should go to our YouTube channel and check out the message. The story of how God provided this building is greater than the building. And God didn't do that on accident. So you know what that that means? It means God is going to fund his vision. I'm, I'm not worried for a moment. Our expenses just went way up. I'm not worried for a moment. God is going to fund his vision. But understand, this is not about raising money. This is about raising faith. 
God's going to take care of the financial aspect. I'm asking you to pray daily, God, what do you want us to do? And if God says don't give anything, don't give anything. But for the vast majority, if not all of us, God's going to say, hey, give this. And for some of you, it's going to scare you. Have you ever prayed a high-risk prayer and God answered, don't minimize what God is asking you to do because you minimize what he'll do in your life after that? What will stretch your faith? What will make no sense? And if it's going to be used in a way to impact 540,000 people that God deeply loves, how's God going to feel about your faithfulness? I know, uh, I know how much my house cost me. I know about how much lunch is going to cost today. I know how much my car cost me. I, I know those things. But if you were to ask me, you've got four grown kids. What, what did it cost you to raise those kids, to provide for those kids, to care for those kids? <laughs> I have no idea. I would say a lot. A whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But, but I don't know exactly because I've never calculated it because my love for them goes beyond anything I could ever calculate. I, I, I am unlimited when it comes to my love for them. And so to the best of my ability, I invest in them. It, it doesn't matter. Years ago, many years ago, we had a little three pound Maltese puppy and he was Angie's and she named, she named him she named, uh, she named him Sugar Boy. So I didn't call him Sugar Boy. I mean, the shirts is as far as I go. So I, I, I just call him Dog or something. But Sugar Boy, I was traveling. I was out of town. I was trying to get home from Washington, D.C. I was on the plane. We, were, we hadn't left the gate yet, so I could answer the phone. And I get a call. And Sugar Boy, they thought had died. He's barely hanging on to life. It's nighttime, which means I get a call. They are at the emergency vet. Emergency vet means we're about to rob you. Emergency vet is it's going to cost way more. Hey, when the sun is up, it costs a lot less. But if you've got to go to the emergency vet, same thing's going to cost you a whole bunch more. And so Angie's upset. Ashley's on the phone with me, and they want to do these tests. And so Angie finally gets on the phone, and she asked, she asked me this question. How much can we spend? And I thought, how dare you? That is a precious creature. How could you ask that question? No, I didn't think that at all. I had an amount. I had a number. I had a number. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's a dog. I'm from Texas. Dogs are dogs. I, like, we can go right here. That's about like, I got a number. And if it's over that number, we'll, we'll get you a new dog. We'll get you two. I mean, I, like, I, I had a number. But listen, if she had called me from the emergency room with one of my kids, there is no number. Sell the house, sell the car, do whatever you've got to do. But listen, that, that person is precious. I deeply love them. They cannot be replaced. Hey, for the people within 15 minutes of that new campus, God has no number. It is unlimited, his grace, his love, and what he wants to do in their lives. And he has called us strategically because he is planting us strategically in that location to be the church that will love him and love others at a level that we make a difference in an unlimited kind of way. Verse 2, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. We know what we'll argue about. But do we know who we love? We're ready to fight. 
We prove that on social media and in our conversations. But are we ready to love? Fighting is easy. Toddlers do that. It takes a level of maturity to overlook the disagreements we might have with people and the choices they may be making and say, I'm going to love you because even in my brokenness, God loves me. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. Culture has lost its freaking mind. And I'm afraid in so many ways we're going right along with it. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Culture's lost its mind, but listen, 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 listen. The only people who should think and act like Jesus are people who know him. Why do we expect people that don't know God in a personal way to act like they do? And why would we then hate a person that God loves deeply because of how they act? They don't know Jesus. We are called to love people. Even the people that we disagree with the most, we are called to love them. We are called to be a a shining light of hope in that moment. And and then verse 2, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. How, How did he know? The Apostle Paul, who the Holy Spirit of God used to write this book, how did he know 2,000 years ago that many people who are Christ followers today, their marriages are just as messed up as people who don't know Jesus? How did he know that long ago that, that people who pray to Jesus and say that they love him would have debt just as high as people that don't know Jesus? How did he know that long ago that the stinking thinking that permeates our culture and is eroding our families and our relationships and our finances, how did he know that, that, that people who claim to know Jesus would buy into a kind of thinking that says the family is not important? How did he know that we would so easily adapt to the cultural pattern of this world? And then he says, instead, talking to followers of Jesus instead, Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. I wish I wish you could see what I see. I wish you could hear the stories that I hear. I wish you could talk to the people that I talk to. In what I do, I get a front row seat to the explosions that happen in people's lives and marriages and parenting and finances and relationships. I'm invited in when it all goes to hell. And I wish you could see that God is about to blow our mind. God is about to do something so huge in the life of C3, we're not just going to shock the city, it's going to shock us. He, he already has, but you haven't seen anything yet. And this is not just a story about what God does in and through a church. That, that would be an incomplete story. The story that I am just as excited about it was, is what God is going to do in and through your life if you'll let him. Through I will so we can. God's plans for C3 are beyond anything you and I have ever imagined. But the reason I'm asking you to take this faith journey with us, for I will so we can, is is beyond that. It's more than that. God's going to take care of his church, but I'm asking God to grow you like never before. I I want this to be a 12-month period where you become closer to Jesus than you ever have been. 
I'm asking God to use this time as we step out in faith and trust him. And sometimes faith is scary because he only shows us one step at a time. But I'm asking you that when you say yes to whatever God asks you to do through this, that he will grow your faith, that he will intensify your prayers, that you will sense his presence in ways that you never have. Not because it has anything at all to do with money, because it does not. It has to do with your heart and what you're willing to say yes to and dive into rather than just dipping in sporadically. God is going to grow you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to show you when you come to a place, God, it's all yours anyway. My life, my relationships, my stuff, my finances, my parenting, my marriage, it all belongs to you. This is going to be an extremely defining moment in your spiritual growth. God, everything I have is yours. Renew my mind, grow my faith, use my obedience. And what will come into sharp focus is the reality of how fragile life is and how unique opportunities are and what really matters and what's truly valuable and what's going to matter. What's going to matter a hundred years from now is simply who knows Jesus and who doesn't. I don't know how long you'll be on planet earth. I don't know how long I'll be here. But I do know that this moment, the next four weeks as we pray, has the potential to matter more, to shape us more, to change us more, and to grow us more. This is going to be one of the greatest moments for every person that begins to pray today, God, what do you want us to do over and above? God, speak to us. God, show me as an individual. Show us as a family. What do you want us to bring over and above? The I can, so we will. This This will be one of the greatest moments of your entire life. One of the most important seasons of our entire lives. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do in you and through you. There's nobody. There's nobody I'd rather take this journey with than you. There's nobody I'd rather experience what God is about to do through a broken people, a broken pastor, showing his grace and mercy and flavoring our community with the love of God in a way like nobody has ever seen. The vision of C3 that I shared years ago is still the same. While it's a place where our church will meet, Those facilities are going to be a community center where life happens. We're going to be inviting people in every single day to use the facilities. We're going to do everything we can to be a blessing to the community and do it in a way where where we, we give far more than we would ever take for the community. Do it in a way where we bless the community in such a way that every single person, even if they never come to C3, they're grateful we're there because we make the community better. I think that represents Jesus well. So on November the 7th, that is our target date to open at our new campus, the first Sunday in our new home. The construction and things have already begun on the things we're tweaking and changing and editing. I'm asking you on November 7th to bring that day your 12-month commitment card. We'll provide those over the next coming weeks. As you've prayed through it on that day to say, here's what God has led me or led us to give over and above for the next 12 months. And on that same day, bring your first best offering because we're going to be stronger.
to help more people than we ever have. It's going to be a day that we will never forget. It's going to make us stronger to help more people than we could ever imagine, including ourselves as God grows our faith. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I can't thank you enough for the privilege and the honor of getting to be the pastor of the people that sit in this room, of getting to do life with the people that sit in this room. I I could be anywhere on the planet, God, but I don't know why, but you've allowed me to be here with these incredible people. And I pray that as we take this journey, we ask you daily, each of us, as individuals and families, what you would have us do over and above. Father, I pray you do something very strategic and very special in each of our lives. I pray that you would give each of us that, that number that stretches and grows our faith, the number that doesn't make sense apart from how you're going to work so that we can see your faithfulness in this process. And God, I pray that over the next 12 months, it would not only be an incredible time of growing and reaching people that don't know you like we've never seen, I pray it would also be time that we see you grow our faith like we've never known. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.